This podcast is intended for mature audiences. Episodes discuss topics that may be triggering to some, such as sexual violence, domestic violence, and murder. If you are in need of support, please visit societyofsoundpodcast.com slash resources for a list of nonprofit organizations that can help. References and source material can be found in the notes of this podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 14 of season one of the Society of Sound podcast. Today is our season finale, which is quite bittersweet. It has been such a fun experience for me to share my research with all of you for the past 14 weeks. I have learned so much in the process, and I hope that I was able to help broaden all of your knowledge on the subjects of gender politics and the ability of popular music to engage with gender politics. Today's episode won't consist of any new information necessarily. I'll just be taking the time to discuss the topics that we have covered so far in this season and maybe attempt to answer any questions that I posed at the beginning of this season. I will attempt to address the questions of what exactly is a feminist. I will also make some concluding remarks about how Anjal and Sheila both filled different but equally important niches within this movement with their music and why I think it's important to have both of these artists engaging in the dialogue of this movement. I will talk about how the circulation of their music reflects the problems of unequal representation that are present within the hashtag MeToo movement and also more generally in gender politics. I will talk about how the elements of their music, which I have analyzed this season, reflect elements of the movement itself. And ultimately, I hope to share with you today how I believe that ethnomusicology methodology that I employed to complete this research, such as the music video analyses and the social and traditional media analyses, as well as the study of the art of rap and hip hop and pop music, all give insight into political movements that we maybe wouldn't be able to find without studying these things in these ways. Ultimately, I argue that music like this is needed as a Trojan horse to infiltrate the minds of the many in order to forward political ideology. So let's get started on the last episode of this season. I hope that you enjoy. So what is a feminist, and why did my French peers say that Sheila was more of a feminist than Angel? Well, as you all know, I've already tried to answer this throughout the season in some ways and forms, and I think that we can all agree that there's no satisfying, complete, or all-encompassing answer to this question. I mean, after all, there are still theorists out there trying to give an accurate definition to the word feminist. 
and people out there who are trying to fine-tune the use of the word feminist. And there are even more branches of feminism and different titles out there to describe different ideologies that concern themselves with the liberation of women. And I don't think that I'm equipped to talk about that here and now, and I could probably dedicate a whole other 14 episodes to this question alone. I mean, heck, I might be even on my deathbed and still pondering questions like this. But we can explore it right now, and we can try to unpack what my French peers might have meant. But I do want to be clear that I don't necessarily agree with what my French peers said, that Angel is less of a feminist than Sheila. I don't really think one of these artists is more a feminist than the other. But I do think that just the fact that my peers made this claim is worth talking about. We discussed many elements of what it means to be a quote-unquote feminist during this season. We discussed white feminism, which is the type of feminism that mostly gives a platform to white women to voice their complaints. And this type of feminism is not only problematic because it is further amplifying voices that are already amplified, but it also perpetuates oppression of people due to things like race and class, family background, religion, more, more things. And in some ways, it seems to me that my French peers might think that Angel was engaging with a more quote-unquote white feminism than Sheila, and that Sheila engages with more intersectional feminism. And so just to be clear here, intersectional feminism is the type of feminism that not only acknowledges and um, tries to fight against oppression due to gender, but also acknowledges and fights against oppression due to other things such as religion, race, social class, and other factors. And I can see why my French peers may have that opinion that Sheila does engage with more intersectional feminism because in her music, Sheila addresses problems of unequal representation of French citizens. She talks about poverty. She talks about the difficulty of the lives of immigrants in France. I mean, basically, she raps about other issues than gender discrimination in her music, while Angèle seems to only engage with feminism in her music. If we're talking about politics, she doesn't really break out of that realm of feminism. So this commentary right now is getting a little dodgy because I'm not here to make a comparison between these two artists, and that certainly was not the aim of my study. And I don't have the goal of promoting one artist over the other. I'm only trying to unpack what some fans believe and why they believe it because it's important that they believe it. It says something. So also, as we saw in the lyrical analyses of each of these artists' songs, Sheila explicitly calls out sexual violence and the perpetrators of sexual violence, while Angel calls out sexism. And this might seem to my French peers that calling out perpetrators might be a more difficult deed than calling out sexism. And so maybe that leads them to deem the calling out of perpetrators as a more authentic, a quote-unquote authentic form of feminism. All in all, I will forever be pondering what it means to be a true feminist 
And I encourage you all to continue to ponder it as well, because I think with more pondering, we will get closer and closer to a world of equality. But everything that I laid in front of you during this season about the differences between Angel and Sheila and the differences in, in how they engaged in this movement help to answer the question of what my French peers meant by saying that Sheila was more of a feminist than Angel. And I think that you all can use the data and the information that I gave you during the season to draw your own conclusions about this question. We've seen in this season that Angel and Sheila are incredibly different in many ways. And I mean, that makes sense. They're obviously different people. So their history is certainly different. But they also engaged in the same movement with nearly the same titles of their songs. And I think that it is completely necessary to have both of these women participating in this movement because they fill different niches within the same movement. And without one of them, I think that things would be very different. Sheila fills the niche of giving music to an already feminist audience. She gave an anthem to people who wanted to listen to something that already rapped about the things that they were frustrated about. So not only did she do this through her track, Hashtag Park, but she did this through a lot of other tracks. She's giving feminist anthems to an already feminist audience. She gave people an outlet that they needed. But she also put this outlet in a genre in France where women are incredibly underrepresented. So by doing that, she's also spreading feminist ideology to people who might not already be feminist. So not only is she spreading the ideology, but she's also forging a place for women where there's not already a lot of space for them. And she also identifies with a minority population and caters to an audience that is not so mainstream. I think it's pretty obvious how important her music is for the movement because she explicitly carries out the actions that the movement demands. She calls out perpetrators and she fosters a sense of solidarity among survivors. Angel, on the other hand, has created music that isn't for the already feminist audience. She has made music for the masses because she is a pop artist after all. And while this may cause some people to question her authenticity as a feminist and to claim that she is only engaging with this movement because it is a popular movement, I argue that it is very important for her to be making this type of music for the masses. In making music for the masses, she is spreading feminist ideology to people who are not already looking for it. And with that, there is the potential for people who don't already support feminism to maybe shift their thinking towards supporting gender equality or to trying to understand the problem of gender inequality. 
And since it is not as explicit as she does music, more people can be exposed to it. Popularity is one of the most vital aspects of any social or political movement. In order to survive and create change, a movement has to be at least semi-popular. I mean, if it doesn't have popularity, it doesn't have support, and it thereby doesn't get enough momentum to carry out the goals. And Angela helps the movement by engaging in it with her popularity. So, all in all, this movement needed both of these women. We needed the outlet of anger from Sheila and her explicit acknowledgement of the problems that this movement is fighting against. We need Angela to infiltrate the masses with her popular undertaking of this difficult topic. These two women don't only fill different niches within the same movement, but they also reflect different aspects as well as different flaws of this movement. At the beginning of this season, I talked to you all about how the voices of the white, famous, and powerful were more amplified by the media than were the voices of minorities. And we talked about how the hashtag MeToo movement has been criticized for this. This aspect of the movement exemplifies the flaws of representation in cultures around the world, and it demonstrates the reform that needs to happen within feminist thinking. In other words, we don't only need to be thinking about and fighting for the liberation of women and the equal treatment of women, but we also need to understand all of the other types of discrimination that intersect with gender discrimination. And we need to be thinking about and fighting against those types of discrimination in tandem with the fight for gender equality. We see these types of discrepancies within this fight for gender equality as we study Sheila and Angel. In studying the discrimination that Sheila endured because of her race, her family background, and the genre of music in which she is participating, as well as the identity that she embodies, we see how not all women are being treated equally even within this fight for gender equality. We see how Angel was widely publicized and how she was performing at the largest venues in Europe. And I bet some of you listening had heard of Angel before listening to this podcast and that less of you knew about Sheila before listening here. Angel and her music are publicized more and are more popular, or in the terms of ethnomusicology, her music is more circulated because of her somewhat PG way of dealing with this difficult topic, but also because she is a white woman engaging in pop music. And because Sheila is not a white woman, and because she is engaging with a genre of music that is alternative, that is intended for minorities, and that uses sociolects of minorities, like Berlin, her music is not widely circulated, or at least not as circulated as Angèle's music. I hypothesize that this is largely due to the fact that these aspects of Sheila's music 
are contrary to the ideals of French universalism and romance and gallantry and the perfectly curated and manicured art and music that France puts at the forefront of its culture and cultural heritage. She lays, I mean, Sheila, not just she, but Sheila lays the truth about France out for everyone to see in her tracks. In France, as a very general idea, but more specifically, industry in France, the music industry in France, does not want that truth sitting on the front lines of the music charts. Therefore, the unequal circulation of Angel and Sheila's music reflects the problems of unequal representation within the hashtag MeToo and hashtag movement. I think my favorite part about studying these two artists and their music, and honestly, possibly my favorite part about music studies in general, is digging into the depth behind what they have created, about the depth behind what these artists or any artist has created. Through analyzing lyrics and researching the meaning behind what these artists have written, I not only learned more about this movement, but I learned about the stories of these artists, their personal stories. In researching every name that Sheila mentioned in her diss track, I learned the gravity behind certain cases that have highly influenced this movement. And then in researching concepts like mental charge that Angela included in her song, I learned something new in the world of feminist thinking and theory. With both Angel and Sheila's use of metaphor, juxtaposition, illusion, and even more devices, they were able to capture the diverse emotions that feed into and stem from this movement. They helped me to feel empowered, and listening to their music reinforced the solidarity at the heart of this movement. Aside from their lyrics, I deeply enjoyed understanding the musical side of these tracks and how they used music to emphasize the message of the lyrics. And then their music videos. I mean, you guys know, I just love music videos, but the ones for Balance Ton Quoi and Hashtag Balance Ton Port further develop the messages that the artists are trying to convey through their tracks. With these music videos, the politics of this movement became visual. And as I watched these music videos, and as you all and audiences around the world watch these music videos, audiences can learn so much more about the goals and the motives behind this movement. And beyond the actual videos themselves, like the visual elements that we are seeing, I found that it was also incredibly insightful to research the decisions behind the making of these videos. The decisions of production companies, directors, the setting of the music video, the actors and the participants, all of these decisions came together to create a cohesive message. 
the production companies selected support women and music that engages with social justice. The directors chosen are using their other projects to engage in gender politics as well. The settings chosen are homes of survivors. The actors and participants are survivors themselves. All of these decisions show a cohesive ideology behind this art. And that ideology is that survivors are banding together to support each other and to contribute to a safe environment where this political ideology can flourish and progress. I hope that listening to this study has shown you all some of the possibilities behind the research of popular music. And I hope that you can see how the study of popular music can provide insight into political movements and in turn how popular music can help to progress the ideologies of political movements. From an ethnomusicological standpoint, this study has shown me the importance of analyzing lyrics and music videos when studying popular music in relation to political movements. I contend that lyrics and music videos carry some of the most pertinent messages of the movements and that through the use of powerful lyrics and visual elements of performance, those messages can be spread to the masses. And beyond that, I think this study shows the importance of studying social and traditional media in relation to popular music as well. Now, more than ever, the use of various forms of media is affecting as well as reflecting the popularity of musicians. We are seeing that it is almost vital to the success of a musician for them to create a community through their music and through their media engagement. Through using social media, popular musicians are able to construct a personable personality that encourages audience engagement. And this is incredibly important with popular music that engages with politics because, as we have seen in this study, as well as what you can see through looking at pretty much any political or social movement, popularity and solidarity are integral parts of social and political movements. The use of social media by artists creates community, solidarity, and popularity. And those three elements are not only vital to the success of a musician, but also the success of a movement. So here we are, at the end. You have now listened to my entire undergraduate honors thesis. How does it feel? (laughs) I hope that you have enjoyed this experience and I hope that you have learned a few new things. And I want to say thank you so much for listening this far. I can't believe that I'm actually here recording the last episode of the first season This podcast was simply an idea in my mind for so long, and I really thought it would never happen. But here we are, and we did it, and it's over now. Thank you so much for coming along with me in this ride. 
I appreciate you so much. So now we say goodbye to Angel and Sheila, and I say goodbye to you. But not for long, because as we speak, I am in Italy conducting research on Italian music. So stay tuned for the next season, where I will tell you the story of a different country, of different musicians, and different music. So, I'll talk to you next season on the Society of Sound podcast. Thank you so much for listening.